What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. everyone and welcome back to another episode of GTB. My name is Haley aka Bird and I'm so excited to have you here. On today's episode you're going to get to hear my conversation with Kira Onisco Jones. Kira is a certified personal trainer and holds a Bachelor of Science degree in exercise science. She entered the fitness world during the days when skinny tees and bikini competitors dominated social media. Because of that she spent several years never feeling satisfied with her appearance, chasing the workout and eating habits of what she thought were her healthy role models, healthy quote unquote. And as a result of that, she developed disordered eating habits and a terrible relationship with her body. She now dedicates her career to teaching people how to enjoy exercise without letting it consume their lives and how to fight back from the constant messaging online that tells us that our bodies aren't good enough. Whoo! I was so excited to chat with Kira. Again, Love who she is, love her energy, and the way that she so shows up on social media. She, um, as you will hear, is another Canadian. That's right. I'm finding all these good Canadians to come on the GTB podcast. Um, but her and I talk a lot about, you know, what it means to get fit without feeling restricted. Um, and she shares a lot about her journey with health and fitness and really how, um, her idea of what it means to be healthy and fit has changed over the years. And I think that her journey is, it was at least extremely relatable for me, but I think a lot of, a lot of other people will be able to relate to it as well. We talk a little bit about, you know, getting into fitness or how to tackle fitness and get started with it in the new year. And then she also tells us about um, what her thoughts are on exercising or continuing to work out over vacation. I wanted to chat with chat with her about this because the day before, I think she, like the day that we recorded, she it was the day after she got back from like a three week long vacation slash honeymoon. And I just wanted to hear kind of what her thoughts were on working out over vacation. And she really gives a good um, a good look into how you can know if you should move and exercise or not while, while you're um, taking a vacation. So an amazing episode. If you don't already, be sure to go give Kira a follow on Instagram. You can find um, the link to her Instagram page in the show notes. Um, And while I have you here, feel free to head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and like, um, subscribe, share, leave a review, do all the things. I would love to have that free 99 support from you. (laughs) All right, let's get into my conversation with certified personal trainer, Kira Onisco-Jones. Hello, Kira. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, we were just chatting about... um, your long ass vacation slash honeymoon in Mexico. <laughs> yes. And now you're like all back in the cold and back to work. How, how are you getting back into the transition of things? Um, I just like to rip the bandaid really. Yeah. I find that to be the, <laughs> the best way, <laughs> yeah. but no, it was really nice to be away. Um, now we're going like right into the holidays. So I basically have a few days home and then off, uh, to hang out with family for the holidays. So 
it makes it a lot better that I'm not going to be stuck in minus 40 for too long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's minus 40 right now. Well, it can get there. It can oh, get shit. there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been more like more of a mild, like minus 25. <laughs> um, so that's been more manageable. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so you are, where are you at? And cause you're in Canada, where are you at in Canada? I'm in Canada. I'm in like Northwestern Ontario, okay. like Northern Canada, a lot of trees, a lot oh, of beautiful. just wide open space. Mm, that's nice. So <laughs> I live in, in Iowa, which is not that I'm not familiar at all with Canada. So I don't expect you to be familiar with the U S but almost like smack dab in the middle of the country. And right now we're supposed to have like tons of snow and everything, but two days ago it was 75 degrees and there were tornado warnings like so bizarre. So weather right now to know that you're in like negative 20, like mild negative 25. <laughs> and yes. we had these like record highs and record weather. It's just, um, yeah, I would love to go somewhere where it's just, you know, where to, what to expect with the weather, but that's nowhere right now. <laughs> I feel like just keeping us on our toes. Yeah. Oh, mother nature. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into talking about, you know, non-diet fitness and, and all the things that you do, um, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. So like we were just talking about, I'm in Canada. Um, I was just in Mexico for three and a half weeks for my honeymoon slash vacation. Uh, and we're actually going back there in February for another six or seven weeks. So our plan is to kind of spend the majority of our winters there due to the uh, previously mentioned frigid <laughs> temperatures. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But I work all online, which I, I'm sure we'll touch on. So that's really not a problem uh, for me. And that's something that like we've planned to do for quite some time is, is to be traveling and kind of doing the working abroad thing. So I'm really mm -hmm. excited about that. Yeah. I think that is an amazing idea. I love that the online work allows you to do that, like allows you to pick up and go mm -hmm. anywhere. As long as you have a decent, you know, internet connection, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And not too many, uh, government induced travel restrictions. That too. Yeah. <laughs> that's important right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, um, tell me more about the, um, how you got into personal training and like online coaching, um, did you go to school for it? When did you get certified? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. So I was very active, like for all of my life, pretty much. I was a gymnast growing up. Um, so movement and fitness has always been a really big part of my life. And like many people do when they uh, stop organized sports, like when they're in high school, um, they kind of like fall out of fitness a little bit and fall out of exercise because you're so used to working out, like, because it's a sport and you mm -hmm. have someone, you know, telling you what to be doing and like how to practice and all those things. So I think what's really common for like late teen kind of age is that you're like, oh, I don't really know how to work out. So you kind of like go to the gym, see what other people are doing for me and still now for a lot of people that meant going online, going yes. on Instagram, this would have been like 2010. Mm -hmm. So there's still Instagram, if you can believe that yeah. <laughs> all the way back then. <laughs> that seems so long ago, but I'm like, oh yeah, that I know, was that. Like I've been on this app for 12 years. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like the anniversary no one wants. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah. So I was looking on Instagram, you know, for motivation, uh, tips on how to get fit, what to be doing for workouts. And that's kind of when everything 
uh, started going very downhill mm-hmm. for me, but of course I didn't realize it at the time. So just to paint a picture back then, you know, the landscape of fitness was very much like bodybuilders, mm. fitness models. Um, I mean, of course we still have these things now, but it was very, very much more, you work out to look a very specific way. Um, huge emphasis on like the clean eating, you know, tracking everything that you're eating. And again, unfortunately we still see this, but I feel like back then it was so much more normalized Mm -hmm. and there absolutely was not this amazing community that there is now of people who are rejecting diet culture and all of those things that uh, can affect us so negatively. So little me just looking online, seeing what Mm -hmm. to do. Um, You know, who else was I following? Uh, Tone it up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. Idolized, idolized Mm. them. Yeah. Uh, And it's just like, makes me shake my head now as Mm -hmm. your reaction too, but you just don't know any better. And at that point, you know, I was, had been in gymnastics for so long, but I really didn't have uh, that much knowledge around fitness. So you just do what you think is the right thing to be doing. And and you're following these role models who you trust and, and who you are believing will lead you in the right direction. So following all of those things, uh, very much working out to burn calories, to look a certain way, uh, always trying to be leaner, leaner. And just like, it makes me so sad to think mm-hmm. of it now because it's like, you know, so many people have this where it's like, you were already so small. Like, yeah. how did you think that you needed to, you know what I mean? But it's, it's just so it's body dysmorphia is, mm-hmm. is what it is and what, what that perpetuates. So it was like probably a handful of years that mm-hmm. I was really, really strict with the way that I was eating, exercising, Um, and again, like not really understanding how it was negatively affecting other areas of my life. Mm. You know, you just have this idea in your mind that to be healthy and to be fit, you need to be really careful with what you eat and you need to be really careful of managing your weight and Mm -hmm. exercising the, you know, the right way to, to tone and burn and do all of those things. Um, and of course, like it was a very slow process of, slowly realizing that these things weren't serving me and I think one of the biggest first things that really started to like turn the lights on a little bit was how it would affect my uh just social life Mm. like it really makes you retreat from going out with friends uh you know trying new restaurants going out for drinks doing anything that you think is going to negatively impact your progress and staying on track like there's so many I'm doing the bunny ears for uh, people who are listening but but that was a huge fear of mine um because you think like oh I'm working so hard in the gym I don't want to ruin it by eating fill in the blank and we know that now to be such a, a toxic mindset to have um so again like very slow process and trying to unlearn all of those things But I think I just started to realize that, you know, I'm missing out on so much. I'm not Mm -hmm. able to go out with my friends. Um, So much guilt 
as well. Mm. Like always guilty. Like, and back then too, like cheat, me- cheat meals were like a very huge thing. Like you eat clean again, bunny ears, <laughs> six days of the week. And then one day you're allowed to have a cheat meal or cheat day or whatever it is. And like with that mentality, already you're calling it a cheat it's already in your mind that this is a bad thing that you're doing um and then it just completely changes your relationship with food so uh I ended up going to school for exercise science and when I started my degree I was still very much uh in like a diet culture like Mm -hmm. toxic fitness mindset so it took me probably like the majority of the degree to get out of that. And again, like similar to, you'll hear a lot of dietitians talk about like how their education is still like so far behind. There's still a lot of weight stigma um, perpetuated in those programs. And the very same is for exercise science. But what was really helpful for me around that time is that I got out of doing like pure gym workouts where you're like on the elliptical for however long trying to burn however many calories then maybe you do some light weights to like finish it off because you don't want to get too bulky yes. again like big eye roll there. Uh-huh. I just like hate myself from back then it's fine mm-hmm. so. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh, like I mentioned I was in gymnastics so um I was really interested in starting CrossFit because mm. I like the idea of like doing the pull-ups and doing the handstands and like lifting the weights. Um, and so I ended up joining a CrossFit gym, actually the very first year that I started my degree. And in a lot of ways that was very helpful in getting me starting to get me away from that mindset of you only work out to look a certain way. You only work out to to burn calories because, um, there's no mirrors at those Mm -hmm. gyms. So that was very helpful. Uh, you know, much larger emphasis on what your body's capable of, Um, I was really starting to enjoy exercise again, because again, what's really common for people who are solely trying to lose weight, solely trying to change your body is that you're not, you're definitely not necessarily doing exercise that you enjoy. You're Mm -hmm. doing what you think is going to be the best method to get your desired results or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was really taking me back to like my, you know, inherent, like what I love to do for movement. But at the same time, there's a huge culture in CrossFit around eating a very particular way, very strict, um, the paleo Mm -hmm. thing, macros, weighing, things that are super diety behaviors Mm -hmm. that were continuing to hold me back from Mm -hmm. really uh, accepting my body, accepting, you know, peace with food, all of those things. So what ended up happening, and again, like I wasn't really aware of what was going on at the time. It wasn't like, you guys are dieting. I'm going to go away now. It was like, (laughs) I like, (laughs) it was like, oh, I like the lifting the weights part of the CrossFit. I don't like running the laps part. Mm -hmm. Like, don't put me down for cardio. Um, So I joined, (laughs) I joined an Olympic weightlifting only Mm. club. uh, And that was really like the final kind of key in really helping me realize how messed up my relationship with food and Mm -hmm. exercise was. So we were doing exercise that we all really enjoyed. Uh, We loved seeing what our bodies were capable of pushing ourselves, but then we'd also have, you know, the members would bring in like a new pack of Oreos that they had seen and wanted people to try, or they would bring different treats in. And it was really the first time that I was able to realize that 
enjoying exercise and enjoying movement and also enjoying food can coexist wow. and not have to be at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. So that was really, uh, really helpful in helping me understand like how wrong I had been and like yeah. how far I had been pulled from, from things that would actually make me very happy. So mm-hmm. That's kind of my story in a very long. Oh, I love it though. But then, yeah, but then the journey of then becoming more anti-diet is a process in of itself too. And again, like school really messed me up uh, because of that. Like we had classes on BMI and all of these things. And, you know, you're really having to do so much unlearning and there's a lot of resistance there. So while while I was uh, improving my relationship with food, you know, learning that I can exercise without having to lose weight um, or change. Well, it was the weight piece went first, but there is still an emphasis on like, okay, well, it's okay to, to, it's okay to not weigh yourself, but you should also still be managing the way you look, if yes. that makes sense. Yeah, that was totally. my mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was still like, oh, well, I'm not weighing myself, but I'm, looking at myself in the mirror all the time and comparing my body to old pictures of myself to see how my muscle progress is going. Like there's still this very, or there was still this very large emphasis on this is what I should be looking like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that took time to get away from. Yeah. I can really relate to the, the whole school. Um, like even when I went to school, I, I studied health promotion. So under the same umbrella as exercise science, but it's more um, more like promoting health in other ways. So like I wanted to get into wellness coaching, um, but I took a lot of the same, uh, classes like exercise science classes. So we had like a metabolic exercise testing and prescription class. And I remember that's when my mind started shifting a little bit from, um, weight to then body composition. And I think that can be just as troubling, right? Cause it's like, Oh, I don't care what I weigh, but I care my body fat, what my body fat is. And I want it to be as low as possible. Um, and I, I think that for me, like, I think it's great that you were able to start at least noticing without realizing you were noticing during your degree program, because I think for myself, and I've heard from other folks too, again, like thinking about dietitians that I think my schooling only like exacerbated the issue for me, you know, like Mm -hmm. almost made it worse. Um, so it's great that you were able to kind of be again, becoming aware without really becoming aware during the process of getting your degree. Yeah. And what was actually, uh, and then like on another side, on the flip side of that, I am so, so grateful for that degree because in a class that I had taken, ironically, not exercise science related, it was called, uh, food and sex. Which, Ooh, you thought, which I know, love I that. Like, what yeah. are we going to be doing in that? I thought it was going to be like this sexy class, but it was more like, like how gender, mm. uh, influences, like the food. So we, it was very interesting, but it was like, a what's it called? <laughs> like a humanities class. Yeah. Or yeah. Like elective or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've, I've been Algebra graduated for two years. Or... <laughs> yeah. One of those, yeah. one of those classes, oh. but it was just a class that I had like taken to have to whatever elective or whatever it is. Yeah. Anyways. So very interesting class. But we had a speaker come in Mm. and this was my very, very first introduction into health at every size. Uh, And I was gobsmacked. I was Mm -hmm. like, what is this person talking about? (laughs) 
<laughs> like this cannot and again this was like within that period of me like starting to realize that you don't have to be afraid of food and you shouldn't only be exercising to lose weight. But at the same time, we had the speaker come in and she was a master's student in fat studies. So like now we'd be like, Oh, that's so cool. I wish that I could have taken those classes. But at the time I was like, that's not a thing. Right. Like, what is that? Like you're perpetrating ridiculous chronic health concerns. Yeah. Like those. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I can't remember exactly like everything that, that she talked about, but, uh, basically she was saying that, uh, you know, obesity is is a social construct created to, to stigmatize people and, and how weight isn't really the big health risk that we think it is. And like me exercise science student, I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? Like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, so embarrassed for myself. Cause I was like, what about, what about diabetes? And she's like, like, holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) After a while she stopped, she stopped uh, taking my questions. Oh she my. Just, like, <laughs> anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. Literally anyone yeah. other yeah. than this girl. But oh at least God. that planted the seed uh, in my mind mm. um, that there was another way of thinking. Wow. And then from then on, like curiouser and curiouser, like the more that I was getting in, into this non-diet mentality, it's such a slow progression that it's almost like little seeds, little seeds, like every so often along the road until you're finally able to actually buy the book that this Mm -hmm. very intelligent woman was talking about. And I think once I actually bought and read, I think I started with body respect actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then I went into health at every size, but that's really when I was like, wow, I have been so wrong Mm. for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's like how I felt when I started learning about intuitive eating, I was like, everything I thought I was doing to be healthy is actually not Mm -hmm. healthy. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm doing it in an unhealthy way. It's a, it's a really weird feeling. And I feel like those seeds that you were mentioning, I'm still having those. Like there are still moments when I realize, like, oh, maybe that is like quote unquote problematic, or that's a little food rule that I might still have. Or I still notice like biases that I have and, and things like that. Um, and I always talk about how it's like, I really feel like it's a lifelong journey because we're always going to be inundated with diet culture. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's really no getting away from it. You know, like even when I feel like, Oh, I've got this shit down. It's like, Nope, (laughs) we're going to make you think one more thing. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah. Psych. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah. So, um, once you started to like read the books, then did that just start naturally transferring over to, to your work as like a personal trainer or online coach? Yeah. So I was lucky to that, like around that same time is when I actually started to get a certification mm. to then become a trainer. Um, but still, even then, like those first, you know, the first year or even more, probably, probably about the first year was still like, okay, so we're not going to weigh you or take your measurements, but instead you're going to send me progress photos. Mm -hmm. So then it's still like, not there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not quite there at all. (laughs) But again, like starting from what you know, and another thing too, like those personal training certifications, whole other thing too, they're very similar to what we're talking about, um, our educations, Mm -hmm. like, well, the fitness industry is one of the biggest 
perpetrators of diet culture and weight stigma and fat phobia and all of those terrible things. So Mm -hmm. again, like you as a trainer, and this is something that I try and remind myself when I get mad at strangers on the internet is that (laughs) you only, (laughs) you only know what you know, you know what I mean? Like you're doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have at the time. Uh, And again, too, like, it's hard not to be hard on yourself to think like, oh my God, I can't believe that I asked people to send me photos of their bodies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you kind of cry inside a little bit. But again, like you're not doing it anymore. You know better. Yeah. And you're Mm -hmm. not harming those people uh, potentially anymore. So where where was I going with that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just like started showing up in your work. Yeah, totally. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so like you can almost see, like you can see the transition to like, as I've started my career and also going further and further into a non-diet approach, like really how that kind of led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it takes time too. And it's difficult because it is still so different from mm-hmm. the mainstream. So there's lots of like, okay, so I seem to be the extreme minority here of talking about this type of fitness and and these things like it's like a lot of doubting yourself but I mm-hmm. think you have to come around to the to the fact of like remembering how you felt yourself when you were in that right. space um and lots of clients too like the longer I do this the majority of my clients are people who have had very negative relationships with food in their bodies mm-hmm. because of mainstream fitness culture so you know just reminding yourself that you are helping people mm-hmm. even if there are still so many people who, who aren't, uh, in that same camp as Mm -hmm. you and I. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you do a really good job of like showing compassion for other people and yourself during those moments. Because I think sometimes in the, the anti-diet non-diet space, like there's a lot of, um, like shaming people who haven't woken Mm -hmm. up to diet culture. And I, I feel like the exact same mindset that you have about it. Like they, tr- they really don't know better. Like I really can't hate on them that much. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I can still be really aggravated, but if they truly don't know better and they, they think yeah. that they're making a difference, you know? So yeah, I think that compassion piece is really um, important both to show ourselves like past versions of us and what we might've recommendations we might've had or whatever. Um, but also for mm-hmm. other people who haven't yet come around to the idea, just haven't, you know, haven't woken up to it is kind of what I say. So I love that. that yeah. You have. Other trainers though, now I feel like there is so much more information out there yes. that I do hold them to a much higher standard than just your average person mm-hmm. where it's like, you should know better. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's kind of to that point now where the information is there. Like this isn't 2010 right. where like you think that you need to, I don't know, eat a quest bar instead of a freaking brownie yeah. and then cry yourself <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> Like the information is there and these people are choosing not to see it. So Mm -hmm. I I find that um, to be quite frustrating because again, we know the harm that can be done from it. So it's kind of a matter of like, sometimes I reach out to people if I see something very problematic and be like, this is wrong. This is Mm -hmm. why it's wrong. And if they are open to learning why, great. But if they push back and they're like, nope, you're wrong. It's like, cool. Your time will come. <laughs> cool chat. Yeah. yeah like, you know talk. what I mean? There's, there's, yeah. only, there's only so much you can do with that. But 
Um, yeah. So I find that now to be kind of the most difficult thing to navigate like on social media and even in the industry, because like, as you can imagine, I'm sure there's a lot of people in my industry that don't like me and don't mm-hmm. like the message that I have. Um, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're helping people though, you know, and, and there's some people who will resonate with different messages and, and that's fine, but, um, you're obviously mm-hmm. making a difference with those that you work with. Um, and don't ever change because you crack me the fuck up. Like okay. I, love so much. <laughs> I love, I love the way Eel. you get your messages across. <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah. So when we are, we're recording this right now, it's December. What is it? The 16th, 17th of December. Um, and when this episode comes out, so listeners, when you are hearing this, it's going to be towards the end of January. And we wanted to talk a little bit about new year's resolutions, new year, new me, all of that. So just to start off, tell me about like your experience with, um, folks around this time of the year, like whether it's old Mm -hmm. past clients, current clients, or just what we, what you hear, um, what's the typical approach to like a quote unquote new year's resolution that you see when it comes to fitness? Yeah. So huge shit show around this time of year. Like this is definitely, uh, the hardest time of the whole entire year to maintain a good relationship with like both your body, with exercise, with the food that you're eating, because there is so much pressure to be dieting, to be trying to lose weight, to be trying to look a certain way. Um, So of course that's going to influence a lot of people moving into the new year Mm -hmm. with that strong messaging around like, oh, you want to get healthy? Well, this is what you need to do to get healthy. When in reality, we know all of those things can actually do the opposite, but Mm -hmm. much more on that later. (laughs) So uh, what we see a lot is like very, very aggressive lifestyle changes. Again, with this mentality that in order to improve your health, you need to be doing something drastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really not the case. You can improve your health by, by taking very small steps. But again, it's that, that's the transformation, right? That people are, are being, uh, kind of seduced by, mm-hmm. um, and that's when you'll see like so many of the before and after photos, uh, really kind of planting these seeds in your mind that you need to be a completely different person in order to improve your health. Um, so that is something that unfortunately is still like very popular mm-hmm. and is really influencing people's decisions. And you see people go like from zero to a hundred. So maybe someone hasn't been super active. They're like, okay, new year, new me. I'm going to start going to the gym six times a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to completely change the way that I'm eating. Um, I'm going to be cutting out all the stuff in my life and it's just not sustainable. Like we know that to be true. So what is most likely to happen is they might sustain that for a short period of time and then they're going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And then not only are they going to crash and burn, they're going to feel like, oh, well, I tried to get fit. I tried to get healthy. I can't do it. It's not for me. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want as health professionals, right? We want mm-hmm. people to, to uh, improve their health and lead healthy lives. And having this mindset of the only way to do that is to be super intense is just not serving anybody. So mm. much better approach is to take small steps, um, add in rather than take out. There's no reason why you should be cutting out entire food groups or food from, from your diet. Yeah. And that's, you know, for, for, uh, like an allergy or, or religious re- reason. 
But uh, yeah, basically the more, like the further away this lifestyle change is from your current lifestyle, the less likely you're going to be to stick Mm. with it for any significant amount of time. Mm. I love that the further away it is from your current lifestyle, Mm -hmm. the shorter, I I just butchered it, but whatever. (laughs) No, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) In my head, I was like, that shit's good. Like I'm going to definitely have to, you know, take a clip of that and post it on the internet, (laughs) but I already forgot (laughs) the further your new lifestyle is away from your current lifestyle, the, the less sustainable it is. Exactly. Something like that. That was good. That's so important. So when you think about people getting active, like in the new year, um, or even maybe they started off the new year with one of these drastic programs and that crash and burn mentality happened, or, you know, it's not really even just a mentality. There's like the mental side of it, but there's also like physically, like people get injured or they just literally wear their bodies down. They get sick, like all of these things. What would you say are some really good steps to try, like for somebody that wants to get more active or focus on their health more, like what might be some of those smaller steps that would be, obviously it would be tailored to their lifestyle, depending upon where they're at, but what would be some that you might recommend starting with, um, as a, as a smarter approach to it, um, compared to the typical new year's resolution approaches? Yeah, for sure. I think it's really important to like take a realistic look at your lifestyle and think what makes sense for adding in, say it is more movement. So Mm -hmm. for example, like we live outside of like the town that we're in, it's probably like a half hour drive. So I basically only work out at home because Mm -hmm. that's what makes most sense for me and like my schedule and my daily life. Whereas, you know, someone might be like, I want to get fit. I need to start going to the gym. Well, the gym's a half hour drive each way. You're taking two hours out of your day. Like, again, maybe you'll be able to do that for a little bit, but absolutely after a while, you're going to be like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't take two hours out of my schedule Mm -hmm. to get a workout in. Um, So I think that's really important. And then again, to thinking like, how much time can I actually fit in for a workout? We have this idea that we need to be working out for an hour at a time. I don't even work out for an hour at a time. (laughs) So it's kind of like looking at your schedule, what can we put in for a chunk of time that's going to be manageable, that's going to be realistic, Um, always starting off smaller and then working your way up too. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're starting with 15 minutes of doing whatever your preferred type of exercise is do that maybe once or twice a week, get into a routine of that too. And if that feels manageable, then bumping up. So that's something that I'll always do with clients when we're first starting out, because again, that zero to a hundred, if you're not used to working out and all of a sudden you're working out five times a week, not only is that dangerous, like you're saying earlier, uh, physically in terms of increasing your risk of injury, um, it's just way too much. Yeah. It's just way too much. Like it's just too different from, from your lifestyle and it's going to burn you out, not only physically, but mentally as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, being realistic with what you can fit in, how you're exercising as well too. So like another thing, you know, going back to this idea of people have this idea of like, this is what I should be doing. Mm. And in reality, it should be more like, well, what do you actually want to be doing? Like how many times do you hear like, oh, I want to get fit. I'm going to start training for a marathon. Yeah. It's like, do you like running? Yes. <laughs> like, oh my like God. 
the amount of times I have had this, I work with college students and so many of them will come in and they'll be like, especially during like the summertime or, you know, springtime. And they're like, I, I want to know how I can like train for a 5k or a 10k or whatever it is. And I was like, okay, well, um, what, how do you like to move? Like I start there or I ask, yeah, do you even like to run? They're like, no, I hate it, but I think it's what I should do. It's like, <laughs> no, like you don't have to do that. That's only going to make you hate exercise, you know, and make yeah. a negative association. Um, so yeah, the amount of times I've been told that it's like, uh-uh, let's not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn away from that thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing that's tricky too, though, is that like a lot of people who have had difficult experiences with exercise and have only been using it as a method to change your body is that they might not actually know what exercise they enjoy. Like you Mm -hmm. hear that a lot when people are talking about like intuitive movement and it's like, I don't even know what kind of exercise I like to do because I've had such bad experiences um, in the past or you've only been using it. Yeah. Again, as a method to like burn calories. And it's like, my idea of working out is going on the treadmill for 45 minutes. And I, that doesn't make me crazy. To, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not getting me excited to, to do that. So, um, I suggest to people to like, try and think back, like all the way back to like before they were working out to look a certain way or only to lose weight and what kind of activities they enjoyed doing for a lot of people. And sadly, I think this is getting like earlier and earlier, how, early, uh, you know, diet culture is being injected into kids, Mm -hmm. kids lives, but this could be like when you're in school. So for me, that was doing gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And while there was still, you know, there's lots of issues there as well with, with, uh, having to look a certain way and it being an aesthetic sport and all that stuff. For me, that was really like, I was doing it because I love to do it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing gymnastics as an eight-year-old because I wanted to lose weight. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. thinking back to like, what kind of activities were you doing? Like, were you in, in an organized sport? Maybe you played volleyball or basketball in high school or whatever the case may be and trying to find a type of exercise now that mimics that as an adult. Mm -hmm. So that could be like going back into a rec league, um, or whatever the case may be. Maybe you were a dancer. There's so many fitness classes. Again, I would suggest making sure that you're doing one by someone who is a non-diet professional. Yeah. Because if you are trying to heal your relationship with exercise, I do think it's very important to be being trained by someone with uh, similar values. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so many types of exercise that really can mimic those things that you Mm -hmm. did and that you enjoyed before everything went to shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. And I think that that's probably so helpful to hear too, because it's really expanding what exercise is for people. Like for a lot of people, mm-hmm. when they think about dancing, like that is fun. It's not exercise. It's like a fun activity, but it doesn't count as exercise. Or even I think about it with walking so many times I'll meet with people and I'll be like, okay, so tell me, you know, ask what's your current level of physical activity. And they say, oh, I don't do anything. And I'm like, do you walk on campus to your classes? Cause again, I meet with students or you know, do you walk from the east side to the west side or from your dorm room to this building or that building? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's exercise. Like I know it, that it may not technically fall into like the defined terms of being structured and planned and all of that, but it counts as physical activity. Mm-hmm. And there's ways that we can leverage those fun, more enjoyable, more like regular activities 
to increase our physical activity and not in a way that's going to literally like overturn our life in order to get more mm-hmm. active. So I love that you, the way that you suggest different things to, to folks and the going back in, going back in time to what do you remember enjoying last with movement? That's really mm-hmm. that's a smart question. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying too about like the majority of us are already fairly active. It's just that we have this idea in our minds of like, oh, well, this is what it means to be doing a workout. And we have that idea because that's how fitness is sold to us. Like a fitness trainer isn't going to make money off of telling someone to take the stairs more than the elevator. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're going to tell you that you need to come to their class and pay for it if you want to get fit. And if Mm -hmm. you don't, too bad for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is, is the mentality, but there's so many ways throughout your daily life that you can increase movement and you don't even need to go to a gym. I know mm-hmm. that seems like counterintuitive as someone who is a fitness professional, but that's just the truth. And especially if that's going to be more um, available to a person as well. Like you have to think about you know, people's access to the gym, to equipment, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you train like your, your training is, isn't, don't, isn't it called like fit at home? Like it is at home yeah. based work from right? home. Yeah. Fit from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us more about, it. yeah, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah. So that was basically born out of, well, I was saying earlier that I work out purely from home. And I think like before the pandemic, there was this kind of like stigma around working out at home as if like you can't get a good workout and if you're yes. working out at home. And we know that that's not true. And then so many people really left with the only option to work out at home and being like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? I only have one pair of dusty old dumbbells. How am I <laughs> supposed to do a workout? So it was a lot of like educating people on how they can get a quick, efficient workout in at home. Um, but again, like the big thing there is the motivation. Mm-hmm. That's always the biggest thing that people struggle with, uh, with wanting to become more active is, is getting the motivation to do it. So Um, in this case, I'm actually like doing the workout with you, uh, on your laptop or on your phone or however you're watching it. So that can be really helpful, um, for people to kind of get a little bit more motivation to want to do it because Mm -hmm. I understand it can be difficult to just make yourself do a workout, especially if you don't know even what to do or like how to do it safely. So watching mm-hmm. someone perform, uh, but also being able to do it like at your own pace is really important as well. So in all of my workouts, they're all like timed uh, intervals. So it'll be like 30 seconds jumping jacks or 30 seconds squats or whatever the case may be. And, and that person can choose how quickly they want to do it or if they want to take things more slowly as well. So I think it starts to build uh a bit more knowledge around like how to move more intuitively for you and not necessarily just doing what someone else is doing. Mm, Yeah. That timed component is really good. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. think that, I think the fact that you're like doing the workout with people, it adds a level of accountability, you know, which can help boost motivation. I'm also thinking, because again, I feel like people get really motivated around the new year because of all the hype out there. Like it's just the timing, like, yeah, I'm going to take on a new challenge, which is like, I'm all for goal setting, love it, but a more sustainable approach is great. Um, So I also like that you brought up the motivation piece. I'm wondering if you have any other like tips or nuggets of um, motivation help 
for people who might be listening, um, like how might they, what are other ways they can motivate themselves to get started with fitness? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think like the one thing that's really holding people back from being motivated is that their main motivation or wanting to do it is to change their body. So in a way they think that like, oh, well, if I want to look like this, that's really going to motivate me to want to work out, but it's actually not motivating you at all because it's coming from such a negative place. You know what I mean? Like you're already starting square one with this idea, this belief that your body isn't good and that you need to change it. Like that's not motivating. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just going to feel any workout you're doing with that mentality is just going to feel like a punishment. Um, And obviously this is like so much easier said than done, but really making sure that you are exercising for reasons other than wanting to change your body is going to increase your motivation and Mm -hmm. your adherence like exponentially. So I always really suggest um, focusing on like performance goals over Mm -hmm. aesthetic goals. And that's something that we utilize uh, in fit from home as well. So at the end of every month we do like little fitness testing. So it'll be like how many, yeah. So it'll be like, you do as many kneeling pushups as you can within like 45 seconds. So you have that, you write that down and then we do it the next month. And then Mm. you're able to see how you've progressed. Um, And I find that to be one of the biggest motivators because you're actually able to see tangible progress that's outside of any physical changes that may or may not have happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just like fills you with so much pride. It makes you excited to want to continue and and see what else you're capable of. So um, if you struggle with motivation and you haven't been tracking your progress and by progress, it's really important to keep in mind that I mean like progress that has nothing to do with weight changes or measurements or photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So purely performance, like how many reps you're able to do, how much weight you're able to lift, Mm -hmm. um, how far or how fast you're able to run. If you're a runner, if you're one of those, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So so I find that uh, to be a really, really big motivator. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so important measuring progress in ways other than the scale. And also like what you mentioned, doing something that you enjoy from the get-go, like even if it's not strength training, we don't have to start with strength, strength training. We can start with a, a walk around the freaking block, you know, and the next week, can we go a little bit farther or walk a little bit longer? So I I love that starting Mm. with something you enjoy, not measuring progress based off of what you look. Um, and then I also like that accountability piece that you added in. Um, I love that you do like fitness testing at the end of each month. Yeah. I don't know if like other on, not that I've talked to a lot of like online trainers, but I love that so much. I feel like I've, I've never heard of other folks doing that. So I love that that component is baked in with it and that you get to like celebrate each other and everything. That's so cool. Yeah. I think it's, it's super fun. And for a lot of people and especially women who have been working out again, like primarily with the goal to look a certain way, like they might not have had that experience where they're actually trying to improve their strength and increase Mm. their strength and actual measures of fitness because it has been so aesthetically focused. So I think that can be a huge turning point as it was for me, like I was saying earlier with, with joining CrossFit and finally Mm -hmm. like knowing, having these tangible numbers, like this is what I'm able to deadlift. I'm going to try and, you know, do even more. And it's just, it just is such a game changer. Mm -hmm. I work with a student who, 
Um, they are in like a women in weightlifting or women in strength training group on Facebook. And I, I have no idea what group this is, but they get a lot of motivation and it's, it's very empowering for them to be able to log on there and just see women doing badass shit, like lifting weights mm-hmm. and celebrating strength training. So I can also see how that, um, like fitness testing component and everything, um, can be really empowering for women who for a lot of our, for many of us have been told like the smaller, the better, the quieter, the better, like though the weaker, the better, you know? Um, so I love that empowering component in it also. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that community is so important as well. And yeah, all of those things are going to be so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking, so you mentioned that you were in the very beginning that you were, had been in Mexico for like three and a half weeks. That also brought to mind this idea that so many people worry about maintaining their fitness while they're like on vacation. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. like what that was like for you, because it's so fresh. Like you literally just got back a few days ago. (laughs) for sure. And I actually, I had a post planned, um, when I got back talking about exactly those, those same Mm -hmm. things. Uh, so you'll get a little sneak peek here, but basically it was going to (laughs) say, basically it was going to be about how, like, when it comes to working out on any type of vacation, like it should always be, and I want to, and not, and I have to. And I think Uh, that that's when you can, uh, really like decipher your relationship with exercise as well, because I remember so many trips going away and just feeling like this extreme pressure, like I need to be getting my workouts in. Um, I need to be working out the exact same way that I have been. I'm going to lose all my progress if I don't. And a huge part of that was also fear around what it might do to my body, like Mm -hmm. changing my body differently too. So uh, what's been huge for helping me get away from that mindset, again, is really letting go of like, my body needs to look a certain way. That is like, the biggest key in not even improving, uh, your relationship with exercise, but food too. Mm. Like those things are affected so heavily by, by your desire to, to look a certain way. So really letting, letting go of that, uh, accepting that bodies are okay. It's okay if they change, they're meant to change. Um, and also like separating my, I guess, self-worth from, not even just like the way I look, but from my level of fitness too. And I know that's tough on another level, like being a trainer where it's like, oh, you're a personal trainer. You should be super fit all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, I'm also a regular person. (laughs) I'm a human under all this muscle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not a, not a robot. Yeah. So, so that's another thing too. And I think like, you know, anyone who follows me knows that for me, like my healthy lifestyle isn't just about how many squats I can do. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's so much more than that. And that's really, that's really the smallest part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really helpful. I think there are some major red flags. Like if you are on a vacation, yes. um, if you are, you know, it's all about the intention, right? Like it's kind of similar to like intuitive eating, like eating a green salad doesn't necessarily mean that you're dieting you know what I mean means right. you're eating a salad so yeah. like working out on vacation it doesn't necessarily mean uh that there's you know anything suspicious going on there but depending on what your intention is so again like if you are feeling like you have to work out to maybe like compensate for different eating habits throughout your trip that's something to look out for if you are missing out on 
like different activities or like Mm. experiences that you could be doing on that vacation to work out. Again, that's another red flag. Uh, And if you're working out because of a fear of changes happening to your body, Mm. because all of those things are really going to, especially the fear of changing your body is going to contribute to like a resentment of exercise as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So making sure that it's something that you want to do, not like you feel like you have to, and also understanding that like, there's this really big fear of taking any time off of fitness that like, if you don't work out for two days in a row, you're going to like lose every right. piece of muscle in your body. <laughs> That's just gonna, you're just going to wither away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two days too long. Much, yeah. yeah, exactly. So in reality, it takes much, much longer than people realize to actually lose a significant amount of muscle mass or mm-hmm. their fitness level. Like we're talking like weeks of complete inactivity like bedridden so Mm -hmm. you're fine if you take a week off of your regular routine um and again just going back to and so what if your fitness level decreases a little bit like it doesn't mean that you're a worse person it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you're not worthy of you know good things it just means that you can do slightly less push-ups and that's Mm -hmm. totally fine but again it just goes back to this toxic fitness culture of like fitness is my life. Like, you know what I mean? And yes. it's just like, no, there's literally everything else is more important. And I'm right. a trainer. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, totally agree with everything that you just said. And I think, um, with the idea of like losing muscle mass and, and all of that, like, I think a really good example of it was for so many people who didn't work out like during the, um, like lockdown situations who like didn't work out at home. Like I know I have a, I literally have like a partial CrossFit gym at home. Cause we used to be very big into CrossFit. We have a second garage and we went all in and, um, now I, I don't Tyler uses it. I don't, but I remember I posted like during the pandemic, um, And I was still able to like, just do, do, I hadn't been working out at all. I just didn't feel like it because of all the shit that was going on. And I was still able to like squat the same amount as before. And it's just, it was like, just to show people like you haven't lost it all. I totally understand Mm -hmm. the fear that you're experiencing, but I promise you it's still there. Um, and so I think that that is such a good point for people and like all the things that you're going to be missing out on if um, like on this vacation or on this trip, if you are focusing solely on getting your workout in, um, yeah, it's just, it's not going to be worth the money. <laughs> you're wasting so much money. No. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And like, you think back to like all the vacations and even all the holidays, like so many times when you should have been enjoying yourself with friends and family were basically just like tainted by your fear and like guilt and anxiety around like, oh, well, I didn't get a workout in before Christmas dinner. Like, oh, I'm eating so much more than I usually do. And like, I don't mean to say that like insensitively because that was me as well, but just to like help people realize that they're missing out on so much of their life. Mm -hmm. And I really like what you said about like, so what, so what if you do gain Mm -hmm. some weight or what if you can't do as many pushups? Like So what, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you're not, unless it's like impacting your ability to work or something, you know, like if you, you know, you're CNA and you have to like Mm -hmm. lift people up, like in the hospitals, like I get that, but so what if you can't do as much? I love that you mentioned that, like, it's not just because you can't do as many pushups or you can't lift as much weight because that happens. It doesn't mean that you're any less of a 
amazing human or anything like that. Um, so you're not, mm-hmm. you're no less worthy. So I, I love that, that part of what you mentioned too. Yeah. And then you can even see it too, as like a new goal to work towards, like you've got yourself to this point of at being at your current fitness level, like you can get back to that place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can almost use that too, as a new level of motivation to be like, oh, well, you know, maybe I have, uh, decreased a little bit and in, in some things that I was able to do before. Well, let's work towards mm-hmm. getting there again. And again, those goals are so much better than trying to lose weight, trying to look mm-hmm. a certain way, trying to just burn calories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I love everything that you say. Seriously. I just want to like, <laughs> I just want to shout it all from the rooftops. You're so great. Um, so before, before I let you leave, tell us where we can find you online, your website, all the things. Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram. It's a bit of a problem, but you know, we'll just do, we'll deal with that another day. Roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just my name at Kiro Nisco. Um, that's where you'll find a lot of information about my coaching. Um, I do one-on-one coaching as well as the fit from home that we were talking about. So that one's more, uh, personalized to more specific goals, has more accountability. And I make the workout like completely personalized mm. to the individual. Um, and then, yeah, my Instagram is just a whirlwind of emotions. You know, we talk about fitness. We talk about, oh, it's so real. Improving your it is so real. Like you're, you are incredibly relatable. And I think that that is like what, why I connected with you and why I wanted you to be on the podcast so much because you're, you're who you are. Like exactly who I'm talking to today is who I see on Instagram. Like, and I, and I appreciate that. That's like, good. You're, That's you're funny. Goal. You got good humor. I like, I like a good sense of humor too. So it's good. <laughs> yeah so that's where that's where you'll find it all um I love you know chatting with people especially if you are wanting to learn more about how to kind of get into this lifestyle that that you and I are all about um or if you like to share your rage about sex in the city being spoiled I'm also (laughs) very down to discuss if you'd like to hatch a plan to take down <laughs> self magazine. Uh, <laughs> so freaking funny. I need you to go back and save those stories and then like make a highlight reel. Like, the plan. <laughs> and that oh. was when Kyle realized he was married to an insane person. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tyler's uh, probably had a lot of those moments. We haven't even uh, tied, the, tied the knot yet. He's, he's probably hearing me right now. And he's like, shit, I got to run. Like, yeah, time to get out. We got to save all the, yeah, you got to save the best moments for after it's okay. too late. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Like he can't get away once, <laughs> once we're, yeah, follow once we're more marriage advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. You cracked me up. Well, thank you so much. Seriously. Loved having you on, loved connecting with you. Um, I'm really excited to share your insight with people. I think it's going to come at a really good time of the year. Um, both thinking about like new year's stuff, but also at the end of January, like I think a lot of people might be preparing for this like spring break vacation time, which happens, Mm. you know, in like March, April ish. So I think, um, what we talked about regarding like vacations will be really helpful for them in preparing for that as well. So you are amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at Give Them the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.